Bokar Tov, we are on Zafar Melachim, Aleph, chapter 18. And now we are um, at the very, very end of the story of Eliyahu and his showdown on Hara Carmel. After, he, after the fire came down and consumed his korban that he had brought, he told Am Yisrael, jump on these uh, Nevi'e Habal and kill all of them. So Am Yisrael kills all the Nevi'e, and he, he actually, he, he told Am Yisrael to grab them. Right, and then he brings them down and he kills them by the stream. Right? Yes. He brings them down to the to the uh, brook of Kishon and he kills them there. And then he says, "Go and eat because the rain is coming." And then uh, Achav goes and he eats. And then Eliyahu goes and starts praying. And he says, "Go check seven times." He checks seven times. And the seventh time, there is a little cloud the size of a uh, a palm So that Eliyahu goes back to Achav And he says Go down From your tent That's higher up in the mountain Because You don't want to get stuck up here With your chariot Whenever the rain starts to fall And there's too much mud And you won't be able to get down And then It was I don't know They changed it Adko Adko in the, meantime, in the meantime, yeah, maybe in the meantime, the 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 sky became thick with clouds, and there was wind, and there was great rain. So that small little cloud that was the size of a palm turned into massive, thick rain clouds, and there was great rain. Then Achav went to Yisrael. The Jezreel Valley is also in like the northern part of Israel. He went down to Yisrael. And the hand of God was with Eliyahu And he, what is it, girded his loins yeah. He girded his loins And he ran before Achav Until he came to Israel as well So the picture is kind of interesting He like runs in front of Achav's chariot I want to show you what it, what it means to gird your loins If I could do so without losing the recording here, this is girding your lines. You see this? Oh, like getting basically it's like a battle position almost, right? No, or what it's, is it's, this? It's whenever they used to wear like oh, they like, didn't have like pants. pants, so they would wear their skirt or like whatever it was. Basically, getting ready for the cloak. riding or getting ready. Yeah, for they would wrap it around their legs oh, yeah. in a way that allowed them to run. So he girds his loins and. He runs in front of Achav to Israel. Okay, Israel. Parak Yutet, chapter nineteen. And Achav told to Izebel exactly what Eliyahu did, and the fact that he killed all of the Neviyeh Baal with a sword. It's interesting because Izebel was behind the plot of killing all the Neviim of Hashem, so it's like he's getting back at her because she tries to kill all the Neviim. Of Hashem Ovadia tries to save as many as he can He saves a hundred of them if you remember And then uh, And now Eliyahu was responsible for killing her Nevi'im okay? Except for the ones from Asherah That never made it for some reason So Izebel gets very angry And she sends a messenger to Eliyahu And she says By the life of God uh, or so shall God do and so shall he continue to do. It's a, a form of a swear. I swear by the life of God because at this, at this time tomorrow, 
I'm going to put your life like the life of one of those Nevi'im that you killed. Meaning, I'm coming after you. Okay? So Eliyahu gets up and he goes to preserve his life. He comes to Be'er Sheva that's in Yehuda. Obviously it makes sense to go there because it's in the south, in Yehuda's territory, so it's safe from the northern reach of Izebel. And he let his uh, servant stay there. And then he goes into the desert, the day's journey, and he goes and he sits under a tree. And he basically says, that's it, I'm going to die. And then he says, God, it's too much for me. Take my soul. For I am no better than my forefathers. So you see, I don't know what to make of this. The whole story is odd though because he It is a whole it's a very odd story. He tells Achav to go and harness his chariot. Basically he tells him to go to safety, you know? He tells him to go to safety because of the storm tell, he doesn't want him to get stuck. Right, and he runs before Achav. And then he runs before him to his Now whenever he's running before Achav, what does he do? That's like a sign of honor for Achav that the Navi is running before him. I, it seems like Eliyahu was hoping that Achav, after seeing this, Achav would change his ways and would be good. Maybe he would even divorce Izebel, his wife, and start to run his kingdom according to the will of Hashem. And then the next day, Izebel sends a messenger, what, you think you won my husband? I'm in control here, and I'm going to kill you. And then Eliyahu's like, so at the end of the day, I couldn't even win over the king. So what? Like, what did I gain? And now, now the king wants me dead, and now the queen wants me dead. So the king is just going to continue in his old ways. His wife is, doesn't seem to want to back down at all. And, and now my life is, at, is in danger. The commentary so, is exactly like what you just said. That's what they said? Exactly, yeah. So he goes into the desert, and he, wasn't even, he didn't even feel safe in the so, desert. So maybe he's thinking, like, my job, my job is done. I failed. I thought I changed the chab. What's up? How's it going? Uh, you know, maybe I, I thought I'd change the Chav. I thought maybe I can unite Israel or get yeah, exactly. idol worship. And he and then felt he, like he failed. Feels like he feels. Now, what's very interesting is that's also fascinating that that tends to be people that are very zealous or overly excited that they develop this expectation that they could change things very quickly, right? Yeah. And they don't learn patience. Like, uh, honestly, I feel like uh, they're, they're, I, I, I may be like that also. Like, sometimes... More impatient people, they expect rapid change to happen rapidly. And then whenever they can't affect as much change as they hoped so rapidly, they get disillusioned and they give up, you know? Or like, you have all, you get very excited about an idea, think you're going to change your world with an idea, and then you start to try to put the idea into practice and you see that in reality for this idea to take off, it may take 30, 40 years. And, and... Someone with discipline and with long-term vision could sit and work on an idea to, to say 30, 40 years from now, I'll see the fruits of it. But it's very hard to develop that kind of, uh, that kind of discipline and patience. You really need to learn patience. It doesn't seem like Eliyahu has patience. You know, and he's expecting to create this huge event and then change all of Am Israel from the core and to actually cause root change in Bnei Israel. It takes a lot more than just one event that you know excites them and, and, and whatnot. You know, things have to fundamentally change. It also says he went to Har Sinai. But he's in Har Sinai right now. <laughs> what the Midrash says that he went to Har Sinai? I don't know what the source is. That doesn't make any sense because yeah. he's in Midbar Yehuda. I don't know why it says that. 
Let's see if they say here. No, I don't see it. Okay. I'm no better than my forefathers. Radak says it seems like he's, he, he was older than his forefathers. So you're saying, I'm already too old. I've lived more than my forefathers and I'm no more successful than they are. So take my life. And he goes, he sleeps under this tree and a, an angel reaches and touches him and says, Get up and eat. Okay. And the Malach uh, goes back um, and, he get, and he, he goes back to him again and he touches him and he says, get up for you have a long journey ahead of you. You have a long journey. So get up, get up and eat and, and uh, be strong. Meaning the Malach doesn't say, okay, fine, I'll, I'll kill you. Sure, exactly what you wanted. So Eliyahu gets up and he eats and he drinks. And then he gets up and he goes with, now he goes to the mountain, okay? So he gets up and he goes with the strength of that food that he ate. 40 days and 40 nights he walks all the way into the Sinai Desert outside of Israel to the mountain of Chorev where the Torah was obviously given. He goes into the, into the cave and he sleeps there. And then Hashem's word came to him and he said, What is it to you here, Eliyahu? What is the point of this question? The point of the question isn't for God to know what Eliyahu is doing here. The purpose is for Eliyahu to speak up in order to understand what the in order to test the person or to have the person respond and see how the person responds and then Eliyahu responds with the famous words he says I've been very zealous for God God of legions master of legions for your children of Israel have left your covenant they've destroyed your mizbachot where did we see this where do we see that they broke God's mizbachot Whenever Eliyahu was on Har HaKamel, he, he had to fix the Mizbeach of Hashem that was, that was, that was destroyed. And he killed your own Nevi'im by sword. That was Izebel's job, or that was the, under the leadership of Achav. That's why Obadiah had to save them. And I'm the only one left. And even me, they want to now kill me. So who's left? God. What, your situation is so grim. Who's going to fight for you? I'm the only one who's fighting for you. Nobody else is helping me. I feel all alone. Okay, you know what? I, I want to um, pause at this point and continue Reservation Monday. Okay. Because this is a very, very, very key, uh, maybe like the most cryptic and key story in all of uh, Eliyahu's um, things, in all of his stories. And I, I kind of want to devote a day to it. So in the lead up, we already see a lot of symbolism, right? Eliyahu, he's, he leaves frustrated. He sees that Izebel is not buying it. Nobody's, nobody's doing Teshuvah all of a sudden. He, gets very, he goes into the desert to protect himself. He's probably scared for his life as well. And, and nothing's really going his way. All of his expectations that Am Yisrael would be Choser B'Tshuvah. The king doesn't buy it. The king is going to go back to his ways. Tomorrow is going to go back. Now his life is in danger. He's being chased. He doesn't get any of the glory for serving Hashem. It's not a, 
It's not a respected position that he's taking. It's, it's hard. It's brutal. And he goes to Hashem and he complains, Look, your, people, your children of Israel, I'm the only good one. They're all, uh, I'm the only zealous one. Everybody else is doing Abu Dazarah. They've destroyed your altars, this and that. And now we're going to see how Boreolam responds. Because what we're going to see, the response is going to be a little bit cryptic. But it may kind of, it may kind of encompass the things that we've been saying, which is that sometimes the journey of the pursuit of, you know, of, of Kiddush Hashem is not going to happen overnight. It's a very long journey. And it may just be that the way of a leader in Am Yisrael is more to be patient. And has to learn patience in order to actually cause significant change. Baruch Adonai Amen v'amen.